Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. And that life has been having me stuck in kindergarten for 10 freaking years. Yeah. And before that, I taught elementary, but I taught at halftime and I taught high school halftime in a K-12 district and I did everybody. And that's what I did for a couple of years before that. But then I lost my high schoolers and my middle schoolers and I was sad. You lost them in the woods? (laughs) I got lost in the woods. I was teaching in Michigan and their economy tanked slightly before everyone else's. And so all the jobs got lost. They, They were the nosedive end of the ship, huh? They totally were. Yeah. They totally were. So yeah, my jobs got lost. And so the job that I found was K-5 and pre-K-5. In the Wild West. Oh, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. The very first year I got here, I figured very naively that it would be similar to jobs in a lot of other places where if you are trained to teach high school choirs or bands, then you may end up having to do a year or two of time in elementary while you wait for a position to open up. But eventually you take your training and you go to your high school choir or band and you go do the thing that you were trained to do. Out here, they don't do that because we don't value education and we especially don't value extracurriculars. I I have no arguments to make. (laughs) This is true. Seniority doesn't mean anything out here either. This is too libertarian for seniority to mean anything. The fact that I've been teaching for a decade doesn't mean anything. They will take someone fresh out of college if that person looks like they will be a better fit for our school community. Or your boss is just an idiot. Yeah, well, this is the thing that we've been coming up against the past couple years is it looks like my boss... My music department boss, not my school principal, but my music department boss was sandbagging a number of people, some of whom left the district for this reason. Like they were trying to move out of what they felt were positions that they weren't best for. One person had to pull legal with ADA because they have fibromyalgia and they were wanting to put this person on a cart traveling from classroom to classroom by the day. Oh boy. And that was not going to work. And so she had to, you know, get her diagnosis and get the disability folks and get HR involved. And that was the only way that she could get herself approved for a transfer. Everybody else was stuck. Everybody else was stuck. And so a lot of people have left. And a couple of the positions that I had applied for last year and the year before in middle and high schools where people were leaving the music department to retire or to go to another state, go to another district in the state. Go go somewhere to leave. Right. And I would email them saying, you know, sorry to see you go, but is there anything I should know before I apply for your position? And almost all of them said that there were basically unreconcilable differences either between themselves and their administration or between their school site administration and their music department administration. And they didn't feel like being put in the middle of it anymore. Wow. And so this is like a problem. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. And so it became pretty clear that my boss was sandbagging me and I would apply for all the high school positions and I would apply even for other elementaries because when you are running headlong towards burnout, even a change of pace as small as that, just going to a different building each day to do the same goddamn thing with a different set of small bodies and a different set of colleagues to get to know can be enough of a challenge to keep you going for one more year. It can. I've, I've been going in the same building for about 15 years. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I would like to be in a different building, but there's no kindergartners, so it's better than what you had. 
There's people who sometimes act like that, but... Well, you work for the government, too. So, yes, there will be people who act like kindergartners. Yep. I always (laughs) hope it's not me. It's probably usually not you. Usually. Usually. So, anyway, I decided two years ago that I needed to get an additional certification to be able to get out of the music department. Yes. So, it was super good that you didn't go get a higher degree in music, which was what you had intended to do before that, because then you ended up doing it for math instead. I did. I had thought about getting another music degree, because I had been thinking about maybe taking it and going and becoming a college professor, or doing something else that was music-related, becoming an administrator, working for the music department, and you know, overseeing other teachers, teaching other teachers, teaching college students who want to be teachers. Problem is, there's this weird nativist thing in our small Western town where it's hard to break into any industry if you don't already have family or friends in that industry. Yeah, that's true. And so if I don't have friends at the university down in the city, if I don't have those connections that can vouch for me, they will hire a less qualified person who has the connections. And I can't leave to go to another university or another school district like all the people whose jobs left that I tried to get because we're stuck. We got things here that... All those responsibilities that we've talked about. all those responsibilities. Stupid responsibilities. I hate responsibilities. Sometimes. Most of the time. (laughs) 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 And so I finished my master's degree in math education last fall. Mm -hmm. And in the United States, there is a segment of educational law, the first title of which is called Title I. Well, that's good. I know, right? Yeah. And in that Title I of this particular educational law, it says that schools that are designated under Title I get higher expectations, but they also get more money to meet those expectations because they are serving students that are underprivileged or historically underserved. That's all under Title I. That's all under Title I. Okay. Underprivileged or historically underserved populations deserve better things to help them get out of poverty or out of risk. Is the next one Title II? Or sometimes they skip that in government stuff, you know? They go they, right to they, like four or they, Yeah, there's all sorts of weird title Or they started to things. make a two and then they skip. They say, no, we didn't like it, but they still had a four. And so they left it as four. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, there probably are numerous other titles in this particular educational law, but the Title I is the one that applied to this particular situation because Title I applies to students in schools that are at risk or underprivileged backgrounds. And that means that those students are often more difficult to serve because they have more sociocultural challenges and more sociocultural barriers to achievement. Yes. So I applied for for every single job I could apply for last year, both math and music. Correct. And we, I'm sure, talked about that. I'm sure we did talk about that. Because we've been talking about this problem for a few years. We have. I applied for the math positions that every single math position that was available, I applied for. And the math positions at Title I schools require what's called highly qualified teachers, which means that you have to meet certain criteria that is designated by each state, which is a whole other ball of worms. But... (laughs) Ball of worms. You like the face I made? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yes, these are intentionally mixed metaphors here. Thank you. <laughs> because 
Khan, my whole freaking job search is a mixed metaphor. Yeah. That's a whole other ball of wax. Bottom line is, there are some more stringent criteria that I didn't meet until I had finished my degree. I knew I was going to finish it in the fall. And then you had to like do some kind of qualification paperwork, right? Uh, Yes, I had to submit my transcripts and a licensing fee to the State Department of Education and so on. And wait for that to get processed. Yes, so I knew it would be a couple months, yes, into the school year, I wouldn't have it on September 1st. That was just not going to be an option. Right. And so those jobs wanted me, but they couldn't hire me. And one of them even offered me, they wanted to hire me, but they couldn't. And so they would offer me a long-term subbing position where I would be taking sub pay until I got my certification. Yeah, there's a problem with sub pay. It's way less than teacher salary. Yeah. and the Which benefit, is already less the benefit, than... <laughs> the benefit problem as well. Yes, you're paying more for less benefits as a sub than you do as a salaried certified teacher in, on a and regular you're, you're contract. You're paying for it with less money, so it doesn't work for us. No, it doesn't. And so the other schools that I would apply for that were not qualified under Title I had more applicants because teachers at Title I schools get burned out. They are worked harder and they have to work harder to serve historically underserved populations, to help students overcome those barriers to achievement. Right. And we had talked about it because if the sub position had been at all feasible, it would have gave you a leg up when it came time to get another math position. It would have, but we just couldn't afford it. And working with underprivileged populations is not a problem for me. It's something I've done most of my life. It's the culture that I came out of. So title school would have been good if I could get a full teacher salary. Yep. But I couldn't. So last year I ended up getting stuck doing elementary school music again. We all noticed that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Especially you. And so... Now, oh, you're, now you're holding your head. Even the thought of it, you're holding your head. <laughs> I am holding my head, which I didn't realize I was doing. But with both hands. With both hands. Yeah. You are correct. Like, should I keep it on or should I try to take it off? As soon as I finished my degree, I started applying for more positions again, including like with online digital schools where, you know, the hiring process is more of a rotating basis and things like that Um, at semester time when students are changing and teachers are changing from one school to another. Sometimes people retire at the end of a semester. Sometimes student enrollment has gone up and schools need more teachers at the beginning of the second semester. I was applying for every goddamn thing that I was even close to being qualified qualified for. Yeah, because you wanted one of them to get you out of kindergarten. Pretty much. When I was younger, I could fake a kindergarten teacher temperament. It takes a special set of skills and a special set of social adaptations. I'm sure it does, because I would never even consider trying it, not even for a day. That certain set of social adaptations to be good with 25 to 35 four-year-old and five-year-olds all at once. I'm shaking my head no. No. A lot of no. All the no. All the no. All the no. Never. Not my jam. When I was younger, I could fake that temperament, and I'm not younger anymore. I couldn't fake it. No, you couldn't. Nope. (laughs) I wouldn't even be one of those bad movies that's funny about some guy teaching kindergartners. I wouldn't even be that. I'm, I'm imagining kindergarten cop only kindergarten. Therapy. Don't you do that already, though? Not with 30 of them at once. Right. Oh, (laughs) 
Anyway. There's a reason for that. So I'm applying for everything under the sun at the semester time and nobody's even calling me, which I think again comes down to my administrator sandbagging me. Right. Because if you want to transfer mid-year, you have to get an administrator to sign off that they release you from your currently contracted position and they release you to transfer your contract out of their administration to another administrator. Okay. My principal was happy to sign off. My principal has said, why the hell won't other people hire you? You are effing amazing and I don't know how we're going to replace you, but you really don't belong here. They won't. They'll all be playing clapping games. They <laughs> Fuck. No more clapping games. This is a long-standing joke with us because this is something that music teachers do. We do clapping games. Yes. In elementary. And so sometimes we have these trainings on the best ways to teach these skills by way of clapping games. Yes. And so you get 40 and 50 degreed professionals in a room playing clapping games with each other. Right. <laughs> Let's all of us adults play patty cake now. Oh, boy. You see why I needed a change of pace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw why you needed one anyway. You, you, you've been feeling burned out for a while, but I have, I, I have, and so I really wanted to get back into working with upper grades, middle school, high school, even post secondary. I applied for some university positions. There was one that a lot of people thought I would be really good for, where the position was about helping college professors be better teachers because a lot of them get their degree in their area of study. They know everything there is to know about astrophysics, but no clue about human development and pedagogy. I had a geology teacher like that. I know all the geology and I have no clue how to help you know all the geology. Yep. I know all of the literature, but I have no clue how, how to help you understand all of the literature. Well, these are things that happen in colleges. And that was the position that they were hiring for. They were looking for an educator to help college professors be better teachers. Yes. And everybody said, oh my gosh, you should do that. And I said, yes, I should. And the college didn't call me back. No. So when the end of the year rolls around and we start this process that Again. I have often likened to dominoes, because the first round of hiring starts at like the end of April or the beginning of May. Schools are identifying their expected student body counts for the following year, and they are identifying how many students are expected to take what courses at what levels and how many teachers are needed for each of these courses. And they open up internal transfers for anyone who is basically going to lose their spot because there aren't enough students to support it anymore. And after that, they open up the positions that are still unfilled for anyone who wants to apply from within the district. Problem is a lot of those positions that I'm applying for, other people are also applying for that have math experience. I have over a decade of experience, but it's all choir, band, and motherfucking clapping games. Yep. Do you want the clapping game professional teaching your kids calculus? I would, but uh, you know. <laughs> they might learn it better. They might. They might. But that's kind of what a lot of these principals were thinking in these first round of interviews. I probably could have learned calculus better with clapping games. Did you even take calculus? No, because I didn't I didn't think it would be a good idea. <laughs> No, I didn't need it either. No, it wasn't part of statistics and right. stuff like that. But, right. Yeah. So the first round of hiring is not going to be me. I'm going to apply, but I'm not going to be anyone's first choice. You're going to apply just in case. You just in case you're wrong. 
And the second round is going to start. And this is sort of a rolling process. It's not like actual set rounds with set dates, but it's just sort of this rolling process. The positions that were first posted get filled and somebody leaves their position to take that position. So the position that got left behind then needs to get posted. And it's sort of this popcorn domino thing throughout the district for the entire summer. Popcorn and dominoes. I I don't want to play. Not just because of the popcorn. I was thinking it sounds like a fun game night. Well, I I just, I don't want any popcorn. And I'm not only applying to jobs in my district, I'm still applying to like these online schools and the charter schools and the schools in the county next door and the schools. I've even considered getting a certification in the state next door because it's an hour's drive across the state line to teach in the closest school. And I would deal with an hour's commute if I could get back into high school. Yeah, but those state line towns are also very small. They are, but still it would get me some high school cred and then I could bring that high school cred back here the following year. Whatever. Thankfully, I don't have have to drive, so go ahead. No, you don't. But thankfully, that didn't have to happen. I'm applying to all of these positions and one of them comes up at the State Department of Education, where one of my friends works, someone who used to be a colleague with me at a STEM academy that I taught at. And I text him and I say, hey, flowchart. Guy's name is flowchart. I say, hey, flowchart, do you know anything about this position? And he says, no, I don't, but I can check. And he checks into it and it seems like it would be a good fit and it would get me out of kindergarten. And it would be, again, teaching teachers how to be teachers. Yes. Which is something I've done before and I'm good at. Professional development. Something that I have done before that I enjoyed, that I'm good at, I'm going to apply for it. And the hiring window closes and the application is submitted and the job is posted again under another number and I don't get a call back. Yeah, the the process with government jobs is often the person who's initially reviewing the applications has boxes to tick off uh, of did you use these words and so you, you try to do that but who knows. Who knows? Who knows what happened? And then I bumped into flowchart at the gym a few days later. And I said, so I've applied for, and I forget how many it was at that point, three more jobs this week that they will probably either give to someone whose resume included the right buzzword or who had a penis. Yes. And he said, yeah, that second one is probably more likely Mm -hmm. because he knows. He knows. He knows how this works. He totally knows how this works. He has a very strong wife and is raising two strong daughters and he is a strong feminist. He's not stupid. He knows what's up. And he followed it up with the intentionally sarcastic comment, because my penis makes me smarter than you. Yeah, that's per- at, that's perfect. At, at which point, perfect, really. he, he, he looks at me for a second like, is she going to punch me? He, he often <laughs> says things that, and has that look on his face after. Well, because he knows that he's being completely sarcastic. He knows... Yeah. The point of sarcasm is to say the thing that is not true because the obviousness of its untruth is amusing. Yes. And sometimes he and I both have been known to get into trouble because the obviousness of the untruth was not clear in our presentation. Oh, okay. And so he's looking at me this like- This is why you're friends. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's also because one day he was wearing, like his very first day that he came to work at the school I was at, he was wearing a Star Trek shirt and I said something about liking his shirt. I think it was Star Trek. It might have been Doctor Who. Anyway, some geeky thing. And I complimented his shirt and then said that I would marry his wife. I don't know. Something. You say things like that. I do. See, this is why people don't understand. You know. But he did. He did. He understood. (laughs) 
he he got that, you know what, you're right. You probably got the job because you have a female name on your resume. You didn't finish the flowchart story. Much like the doctor, we needed a bigger flowchart when we fi- followed through with the who was marrying who and who would be attracted to who if I right. married his wife. We would need a bigger flowchart. Mm-hmm. And this was long before the doctor ever said it. And so it made me laugh like hell when the doctor said that in the Husbands of River song. Yes. And I was like, yes. Somebody else has flowcharts with their relationships. It's good. Uh-huh. So anyway, Polly story aside, he acknowledged that, you know, this is a stupidly sexist process and a stupidly nativist process. And if you went to college around here, you have, you know, extra brownie points towards your job application. And if you know the right people, then you have extra brownie points. And if you say the right things, include the right words on your resume, then you earn extra brownie points. But what those things are are going to vary wildly from one application to the next. And so I'm applying for all of these positions. I apply for an online school and apparently my application does hit the right buzzwords. And because I just finished an online degree and I can demonstrate in my online portfolio, my capstone project for this degree that I have online instruction skills, they call me back Mm -hmm. and I do an online video interview, pre-recorded interview. And then the principal of the online school, like the local hub for the online school, principal calls me and says, can you come in for an interview? But leaves this on my voicemail because he called from an unlisted number. Mm -hmm. I call him back and I say, yes, I can come in for an interview. If I don't answer your call when you call back, just tell me when and I will make it happen. Right. And then he doesn't call back. And I'm like, well, I hope that didn't seem too desperate. I hope that didn't seem unclear. I was busy parenting and dealing with elderly, crazy relatives. So let me call back and clarify. And I did. I called back the next day and I said, I'm returning your call again. I hope that yesterday's message was not unclear, but let me clarify. I'll be available today, this time, this time, if you want to call. Otherwise, just let me know when you'd like to interview. And then two days later, I go and I look up that online school to check into what the process is and how many other teachers they have? And does it look like if I look up their website on the internet wayback machine, have their staff numbers recently changed or their staff profiles recently changed and they hired somebody and didn't tell me? And it looks like they actually had a principal change. And didn't tell you. And didn't tell me. So the guy 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 who who called me, he wanted to hire you. The guy who was leaving wanted to hire me. And the guy who came in and took his place may or may not even know that I applied. Right. And still may or may not even know that I applied because it's still summer and they don't need to start stuff for, you know, another three weeks. So I don't know. I go for an interview at a middle school. At this point, all of the high school positions, which are kind of hmm, middle school scary. Kids are hormonal balls of shit at that point, And they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And they can be real assholes. Yeah. And I can handle that. But a lot of people struggle with that environment. And so they didn't have enough kindergarten experience. You have to have a horrible sick sense of humor while simultaneously showing kids that you really do care about them, even though you're laughing your ass off at them when they're not looking. Mm -hmm. And I can do that. And I've loved it before. But you know, at this point, a lot of people will view middle school the same way that music people view elementary. I'm going to do my time here and then I'm going to work my way up. Right. So all the high school positions are taken and I'm applying for middle school after middle school. And one calls me back and it's a gifted program. And I'm like, okay, I was a gifted kid. Two of our four kids were gifted. We can do this. 
Mm-hmm. And I go in for an interview and I'm clearly the best applicant. But again, they're doing this thing of you don't quite have the right check boxes and you don't quite fit what we were looking for. And we just got burned by a really bad applicant in our last year who looked good on paper. But when we hired him, he wasn't what we were really looking for. And it was a bad situation. And so we want to be really sure that you're not coming in trying to teach gifted middle schoolers clapping games. Fair enough. And so they called me in for a second interview that was all based on math. How would you teach distribution of statistical data? How would you teach single variable equations? They gave you a math test. Well, one step above a math test, not just do you know the stuff, but how would you teach the stuff? What are the strategies you would use to help small humans do the stuff? Okay. And so at that point, I'm like... um, A math teacher test. Yes. Mm -hmm. Math pedagogy. And so, you know, they ask me the question and I say, here's what you do. And here's what I would do. And here's how I would differentiate for students who do this or that. And here's how I would branch this out to enrich for kids who are getting it too quickly. And here's what I would do to back up for kids who are struggling. And they're just looking at me like, oh, you really do know what you're talking about. Next question is, you know, I'm just like buzzing through all these questions. Like I got all the right answers. That's good. It is. In this case, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) We'll talk about other people who have all the right answers next 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 time. time. I got all the right answers and they're loving it. And I can tell that I am killing this interview. And, you know, I'm making them laugh and I'm, you know, using my performer's training to really just like, I'm working the room. Mm-hmm. And the the administrator of the gifted program already knew that I am fire and she wanted me mm-hmm. because she had talked to my principal. She had talked to my co-teacher from my master's program. She knew what I can do and she knew that I should be there. Unlike the admin people who, when you tried to go for the leadership thing, they wanted you to... Oh my gosh. So the other thing that I applied for, while I'm waiting for the second interview, I also apply for a program through our school district where teachers who want to coach other teachers can basically add a title to their contracted teaching position that gives them preferential hiring for professional development positions. Okay. And I apply for this and they say you need three recommendations and at least two of them need to be from your previous administrators, people who have signed your annual reviews. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, I have two administrators because I am a music department employee, but I also have a site-based administrator and my principal. And the woman says, "Um, they never signed your reviews. And I say, okay, well, the woman who signed my review before my current principal just left the district and moved to another state. And she says, okay, well, what about the principal at the school you went to before that? And I said, she got cancer and retired to pursue her health. Yes. Because that's what you do. Yes, you do. (laughs) If you can. And they said, what about the principal that was at that school before that? And I said, that was almost 10 years ago. They said, get it anyway. Get it anyway. (laughs) And so I emailed that guy who was my principal the very first year I moved to the city. And he was my principal for two years, although one of those years he didn't review me for my annual performance evaluation either, because that was done by the music department your first year into a district. So like most government rules, they want you to do this impossible thing. So in your case, it's you need references from 
people who have signed your reviews, but they're not asking for those when they're sending you to get them. They're sending you to the people who didn't sign the reviews. Well, this guy did sign my review once. The first year I was here, the department head for the music department signed it. After that, the department head felt that I had a good enough footing in the district that he could just hand me off to the school site principal. Okay. So I did have one review from this principal 10 years ago. And this guy has since moved on to other positions in the district. He's got an office job now, basically, overseeing not just other teachers, but other principals. Okay. And I email him and say, the leadership program is asking for your review of my performance. I know I haven't seen you in 10 years, but they are asking me to get your review. If you are uncomfortable with this because of the duration since I have worked for you, let me know and I will pass that information back on to them. And he did say, it's been too long. He did say it's been too long. And he said, you need to go and have your other administrator, your music department administrator, sign this as your other administrative recommendation, which is the first thing that I had told them to do anyway. And so, you know, I mean, I've been a teacher for over a decade at this point. You know, I'm, I'm more than used to being given a completely ridiculous set of expectations by the government and figuring out a way to get them met anyway. Yep. I know how to do that too. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a skill in a government job. It is a skill in a government job. Mm-hmm. And so this guy who used to be my principal 10 years ago says, no, go get your current boss's review. And I I give this back to the secretary for the leadership department. Yes. And the secretary for the leadership department says, let me check with the person who actually evaluates these because she's just, you know, a clerical person. She just... She's looking to check off three boxes of three people who have signed your papers in the past. Because for 90% of the teachers in our district, the people who have been your administrators, who have been your direct reports have signed your reviews. But there's this weird thing about arts department and other, like I think the PE department does it too, where, you know, you're coming from, you have your department administrator and your principal. And so she emails... Or maybe she even walks into the office next door of the actual leadership administrator and the leadership administrator tells her, yeah, that'll work. They're both her bosses. They can sign for her. Yeah. Which is what I have been telling her all this time. And yeah, she but said she was no. a gatekeeper. So you had to, yes. you had to hit like a. She had to hit a wall with you in order for her to want to change. Oh, this doesn't anything. sound familiar at all, does it? Gatekeepers wanting to check off the boxes until they have to hit the wall with you before they're willing to make any flexibility in their expectations. I have no idea. Trans people don't know nothing about that. I know, right? Yeah. So now I'm waiting on this callback from the department that I've gotten all of my checkboxes in for. And they're going to, next month, send me a essay prompt. You wouldn't want to hurry. No. Only a month at a time. Well, they do these things on a rolling basis. They do one per quarter. So Even longer in between. I know, right? Yeah. So every That's three months, perfect. they gather up all of the applicants who have all their check boxes done, and they send them an essay prompt. And if your essay checks off more boxes, then you get to go in for an interview. Cool. And if you pass your interview, you then you get to the next add quarter. the extra title to your job certification the next quarter. Oh. That'll give you preferential hiring for special assignment jobs and instructional coach jobs and things like that. It's really terrible that I understand this process. <laughs> You're a government employee too. Yeah. But so then I go back for the second interview that I said, you know, I killed the second interview. And I had to drive from our corner of like, we live up the mountain away from the city 
city on one corner. And this job interview was in the city, but on the other corner. Yeah, because it was an admin office. And so I go all the way down into town, across town, to this interview. I kill the interview. I get in my car. I'm driving on the expressway to get back home. And I get a call from the person who's calling me on her cell phone, the administrator of this program. And I recognize the cell phone number because she called me on it before. But it's from the large city on the other side of the state. Oh, but I recognize but, you, you it. have hands free in your car. You I do. I have hands free in my car. And so I push the little button on the steering wheel to answer the call. And I say, yes, this is Jess. Hello. Good to hear from you. What's going on? And she says, we have one more question for you. One follow up question. And I say, oh, okay, well, let me pull over and get to a place where I can talk to you. And she says, oh, you're driving. And I say, yes, I am. And she says, well, then how about you just call me back? And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You just put me through the paces of double proving that I can do this shit. And you got one more question for me. Yes, I will get to a point where I can stop and I will call you back. But at this point, I ain't pulling over. I am getting the rest of the way 10 more minutes to my house. Yes. And I call her from my house and she doesn't answer. No, of course not. And as I'm... And it's probably like a Friday. It is a Friday. I had gone to another middle school interview the day before for a school that's across town the other direction, the other, like, while I'm leaving her a voicemail saying, hi, it's Jess, I'm just calling you back, returning your call, I'll be available for the next couple hours, call me back when you can. And as I'm leaving this message, I get a call back from the school that I had interviewed for on Thursday. Right. And so I'm not going to, like, take the call waiting while I'm on a voicemail. Nope. I leave the voicemail, I hang up the call, I wait and see if the other school has left me a voicemail, which they didn't. And they didn't. Which, if they're not going to hire me, usually they leave a voicemail. They just say, we've gone with another applicant, thank you for applying. If you want any feedback, you can email us at this address. But I didn't get a voicemail. So I'm thinking, oh, do they want me? That would be good. If they want me, they'll call back. Right. And now you're waiting for phone calls. And now I'm waiting for phone calls. On a Friday afternoon. On a Friday afternoon. And I'm trying to edit Saturday episode. Good idea. And probably sounds better when you edit it. (laughs) And I'm having a hard time keeping my mind on my work. And 10 minutes later, I try calling her back again. I'm like, okay, she was in this interview panel. And she said they have one more question for me. So I should try my best to get back to her and answer this question so that I can get this goddamn motherfucking job. And I call her back and there's no answer. So I don't leave another voicemail. And she calls me back like 20 minutes later and says, I am so sorry. I told you to call me back. And then I had to go out to my car and get my lunch. And I left my phone in the office and something and something. And like, basically, she had walked away from her phone after asking me to call her back to answer a question. And she's owning it. And she's owning it. So fair enough. I appreciate that. That is, you know, I, I totally appreciate that she's owning. I am sorry. I did the wrong thing. So I say, well, that's, you know, not a problem happens to the best of us. What can I help you with? And she says, my question for you is, would you like to work for our gifted program? And I'm like, fuck, that was your question. You could have asked me while I was driving. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) She probably, you know, it's illegal in most states to drive and talk on the phone unless it's hands free. And, you know, she had no way of knowing that. So, so she didn't want me to like get in an accident because I was all excited that I got the job. And so, yeah, anyway. Right. So I finally got a What do they think you'd be when you just left there? I'm I don't just... know if they don't realize that I don't live in town. Oh, okay. If you lived in town, you might have been like home. Yeah. Okay. 
Got it. So, yeah, I don't know. Either way. Either way. I got a job. You have a job. (laughs) I have a fucking job. We can't believe it because we've done this. I've been trying to get a different job for the past five, six years. I did get a different job four years ago. I transferred from one elementary to the other elementary because, again, it was that beat the burnout, give me a different set of faces to look at. Was it four years? I got a new job seven years ago by transferring from one elementary to the other. And then about two years after that. So yeah, the past five years. Yeah, I helped you move your stuff. You did help me move my stuff seven years ago. We had just started dating. Yes. When you helped me move my stuff out of the school that our kids now go to and to the school that I have been teaching at for the past seven fucking years. Yes. Well, only five of them were fucking years. The first two were okay because it was a new challenge. So I have a job. Yeah. Holy fucking job. Batman. So now you have to get your stuff from your old place. So Pride is coming up. And I told number zero child that I have at my classroom a trans pride flag, a pan pride flag, and a genderqueer pride flag. Because I ordered those at the same time I ordered probably some birthday or Christmas presents. And I just have that stuff shipped to my school so that nobody at home sees it coming in the door. When their presents. When their birthday or Christmas presents arrive. Otherwise it comes to the door and I open it and I say, did I order this? Did I order this Doctor Who book? And And I say, no, I ordered it for your birthday next month. Pretend you didn't see it. Yes, or my birthday seven months from now. Yeah, that's how I do it. But it it is true. Either way, I order things and I have them sent to my school. And so at one point I had ordered a batch of things and included those pride flags. And number zero child, I wanted to offer them my genderqueer pride flag to wear as a cape like people do at pride events. Yes. And so I went to go and pick it up from my classroom and it said, this campus is on lockdown for asbestos abatement. No flags for you, kiddies. God damn it. (laughs) You've went out of there and and you still can't get out. I still can't get out of there. I still can't get out. At least you're not locked on the other side. It's true. It's true. I'm locked out. I'm not locked in. We're good. Yeah. Did it? It didn't even give some like date that, of course, would never be accurate. Well, that they would be done. We got an email at the end of last school year saying they will be doing asbestos abatement over the summer. So make sure that anything that you need that you have it. And of course, you know, I didn't think about at the time that I would be wanting to lend a pride flag to my kid that I have sitting in a closet in my classroom somewhere. You don't have a kid in your closet. I would lose my teaching job for sure that way. Yeah. Anyway. Poor kid. Actually, I probably have lots of kids in closets now that I'm going to the middle school. But anyway. Right. That's another story. You didn't put them there, though, so it's okay. Fair enough. And it's not on lockdown, as far as you know. No. Okay. I think we're done for now. Is that it? We, we might be done. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening!
10 freaking years. 11? I moved here in 06. Yeah, that would be 11 years. You're the math teacher. <laughs> You're the math. I, I, I get to have a calculator. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm bad Cal at arithmetic. <laughs> calendar math is harder. Maybe. It's never a good idea to get in the way of Jess and recording. Whether you're sorry, a car. Sorry, there's goddamn motherfucking cats. And there's a goddamn motherfucking fan. <laughs> I like, the, I do these things I like the way you just knock it down as you walk past and just keep going like nothing happened. <laughs> the dog is looking at you like, uh, this is wrong. I'll pick it up when it's time to turn it back on. Of course. Until then, I have better things to do. That's your fault, man. That's you. That's not me. me. I don't have any dinging. What would no, be dinging? <laughs> Let me see what's oh. dinging. Yeah, I have to check because your phone was the one that lit up. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's right. Wife. We can't turn it off because the child is not in the house. Yes, the child is not here, so we have to turn it off. So, yes. No. Or we can't turn it off. That, anyway, don't make me think about the kid right now. Push the button on the driver's on the driver's wheel. wheel. Driver's wheel. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to put my clothes in the clothes garage now. <laughs> you probably should. I probably should. Yeah. Yes, on don't the put them on the driver's wheel. Oh. And make sure to take the sunshade out of your window before you start driving. <laughs> I did. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs>